Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored that you're here. You know, the blues is quite a musical art form. It has its origins in the southern United States, but it has had an influence that spread around the world and continues to this very day. The interview I'm about to play for you all is with a guy whose birth name is Garrett Dutton, also known as G. Love. He hails from Philadelphia. This interview was recorded backstage in Atlanta, Georgia. I would say G. Love is a very unique artist. He combines blues with hip-hop. He is a serial performer before all the mayhem of last year. He was doing about 150 shows per year on average with his group Special Sauce. And as a solo artist, he's released more than a dozen albums. And uh, we'll be playing that interview for you all in just a moment. But I want to tell you, speaking of the blues, I went to check the mail and was in for a nice surprise. Not only do I see the most recent Jack Jones CD, but as I open the jacket, there it is. The handwriting of the one and only Jack Jones, one of the great singers in American music. There is his signature. Thank you to Jack Jones, and thank you to his team for sending me that. It really warmed my heart. I went out driving around, exploring here and there, and I listened to the album several times, and it's great. And I must say, Jack Jones is a great blues singer. You can help support the Paul Leslie Hour, and I thank everyone who has. Just go to thepaulleslie.com and click on Support the Show. It keeps the show going. Now, let me take you backstage for this little chat with the one and only G. Love. Ladies and gentlemen, it's with great pleasure we welcome the one and only G. Love. I've been waiting a long time to do this interview. Of all the Brushfire Records artists, you're like the last one. Oh, cool, man. Well, I'm glad we got to do it finally. <laughs> it's a pleasure to do it. So, I got to ask, who is G. Love? G. Love is Garrett Dutton. And that's me. The man himself, in person. Tell all the people out there, what was life like growing up for you? Where are you from, and what was it like? Uh, I'm from Philadelphia, and I grew up in uh, Center City. I grew up uh, right near the street called South Street, and that was kind of like the promenade street in Philly, and uh, kind of all walks of life would be there every day. And that was in the 80s. There was a lot of punk rockers, and Philly was one of the birthplaces of hip-hop, and and uh, in the 80s when I was a kid, like, that was just starting to pop off. So you see some break dancers. And there was a lot of, sh- lot of uh, action in the street. You know, a lot of music in the street as well, street musicians. And also magic shows in the street, puppeteers. And there was a guy who would play the glasses. Like, he'd have his wine glasses full of water. And he would, it'd all be tuned and he'd play, like, Mozart and stuff on them. And, uh, that guy's still there, I think. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. No way. So, so I mean, so basically there was just like a lot of stuff going on. I was just a kid and my eyes were wide open. I was seeing it all. And there's another guy named Big Al and he was like this old Italian dude and he had no teeth and he would play the spoons and the harmonica. And you know, when I was a kid, my dad would give me, give me like a quarter to put into his hat. So I, I mean, really, I, I think that that was 
had a really profound effect on me, you know, just having a venue to, to be able to be become a musician. And that's what I did. I, I My first gig was playing out on that very street, and uh, that's kind of where I shed my teeth when I was in high school. So what kind of records did you grow up listening to? I grew up listening to, uh, first you listen to whatever sports fed to you, so whatever was on the radio. So in the 80s, that was like, I, I definitely remember like, First started listening to radio, and that year, first I listened to radio, like the big hits were Rolling Stone, Start Me Up, and Steve Miller Band, Abracadabra, like urgent, 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 emergency, <laughs> and just all this 80s stuff, but uh I started buying records when I was about 15, and I, I first started buying a lot of reggae records, and um, I like Yellow Man and Bob Marley, and I got into that kind of thing, and then... I discovered my mom's records in the basement. She had this really small but really awesome record collection. that had, like, Dr. John in the Right Place in the Wrong Time and um, Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits, Donovan's Greatest Hits, Bob Marley, Rastaman Vibration, Bob Marley, Legend, Carol King, John Denver by Willie Nelson and um, Rolling Stones. And, and you know, basically, like, that was kind of all I needed to get me started. And Oh, and the Beatles' White Album. And all those records really uh, had a profound effect on me and and are still some of, of my uh, favorites, you know. Can you remember the first song that you ever wrote? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was taking guitar lessons from a pretty young age, and uh, the first tune I wrote was when I was probably like 12, maybe I was 11 years old, and my guitar teacher was this cool chick named Heidi Wolf, and she had a band called Heidi and the Wolves, and they used to play over on South Street, and uh, she was like, man, you should write some songs. So she would encourage me, and I was 11 years old. I didn't know. You know, I didn't have anything I wanted to write a song. <laughs> so she was like, well, what do, you, what do you like? And I was like, well, I like my walrus, man. You know, my, like, Star Wars figure. <laughs> well, what do you like to do with it? Well, I like to torture it, you know. Okay, well, let's write a song about that. So I wrote a song about torturing the walrus man. <laughs> And then later on, when I was about 15, uh, I, I started writing more real tunes. And, and uh, so I, I did write my first, like, what I consider my first tune in, in when I was 15. You're a harmonica player, and that's just an incredibly expressive instrument. I love the sound of a harmonica. Who are your biggest influences in harmonica? Well, definitely uh, Bob Dylan's one of my huge influences in harmonica and everything. And, uh, of course, that was kind of where I first got the notion to play the harmonica. Another one of my teachers was this guy, Waco Smith, and he was uh, this cowboy from Waco, Texas, who had a musical degree from Juilliard, and he was a real eccentric character in Philly, and anyhow, one day we got to go see his band play, and uh, he had a harmonica player, this guy Dave, and uh, Dave gave me and my manager now some lessons, just one lesson, and that was kind of enough to get you started, you know, just to learn how to make a train rhythm and how to bend a note. And after that, I just, I got a harmonica rack, a harm, you know, which is a harmonica holder, so you can have your hands to play guitar like Bob Dylan. Kind of was getting out of Dylan, and I said, well, someone else has, must be doing this besides Bob Dylan and Neil Young. So I, I went to the record store, and I asked them, and they turned me on to John Hammond. And John Hammond, if you don't know, is a, kind of a legendary blues man. A bluesman revivalist from the '60s. He's a, you know, he was a New York white kid that discovered the blues in the late '50s and uh, ended up becoming a recording artist. And to this day, he's stills out there killing it every night. He was recommended to me as a solo acoustic performer 
that played acoustic guitar and a harmonica on the rack. And uh, once I heard that music, then that was the Delta Blues, and that was really, I remember it was like an epiphany. That record came on, and it was Statesboro Blues playing. And uh, that was the moment that my life really changed as far as to saying, this is what I want to do with the acoustic guitar and the harmonica. And that just led me down a trail into the world of the blues, you know. Well, you just mentioned the world of the blues, and I would say the G-Love sound is kind of like a combination of the world of the blues and then the hip-hop of Philadelphia. Fair yeah, statement? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's kind of the the root of it. Um, yeah, as a musician, and people always say, well, what would be your advice for up-and-coming up musicians? And I always say, be original. You know, you got to find something that's different, mm-hmm. that sets you apart from a million of other kids, and there are millions of them that sit in their room and write songs and play guitar. If you could find something different. So when I found the blues, a lot of people had found Bob Dylan, obviously. And a lot of songwriters are influenced by Bob Dylan. Most songwriters are. So if I was taking my original songs to the coffee shop open mic, and I was seeing that, okay, well, a lot of other people are doing this too. And uh, even in high school, I could tell, well, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm doing my thing, but there are other people that are doing something similar. So I discovered the blues. Now, there wasn't too many people at the coffee shop playing this kind of blues that I had discovered. But then I went to a blues jam, and you say, okay, well, there's other people doing that. And then, so continuing to write songs, and I was starting to write songs, blues songs about the city of Philadelphia, about the basketball courts, about the homeless people, about the high school parties, about writing graffiti, and about hip-hop and stuff that I was seeing, and singing about this in this blues kind of way. Eventually, um, I started rapping, and uh, well, that was the second most important night of my life musically was I was sitting out on second and lumbar, and I was busking, and I uh, finished playing one of my kind of street side blues tunes, and at the end of it, I started rapping this Eric B. and Rock Him song, Paid in Full, over my blues riff, and that was, I was actually rapping, and I would say, oh, okay, and then the next day I wrote, like, my first, like, rhyme, you know, and then I, I recorded it, and uh, I can remember just listening to that song over and over again, and it's on my G-Love Oh Yeah record, that performance I'm talking about, it's called Rhyme for the Summertime. I just remember listening to it over and over again and being like, okay, this is it, man, you know? And then I just knew at that moment that there was no other, you know, white kid playing the guitar or the dobro and rapping anywhere on the earth at <laughs> that moment. And I I think that's probably true. And and, uh, and it was that time that I figured I had something. Yeah. The birth of the G-Love sound. <laughs> that's it, man. So you've done a number of tours with Special Sauce. What is it like playing solo? Yeah, like it seven, 18 years. Yeah? <laughs> 18 years of tour. Wow. How is it different to come out here and do it solo, which I can't wait to see? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, again, it's how I started, and uh, whenever I, well, I, I play, during the Special Sauce show, I always play, you know, one to five acoustic numbers in between the main set and the encore, just so I can always keep those acoustic roots um, involved in what I'm doing. It's, it's just me. It's just how I started, and um it's a lot more challenging, but it's also a lot more freedom because I can do whatever I want. You know, I can do a 180-degree turn any time in the show, and I don't have to notify my band, you know. And, uh, and honestly, the band, we have such chemistry that I can almost do that anyhow with those guys, but uh I might hear about it after the show. <laughs> but this one, you know, I'm just doing my thing, and uh 
And I also, again, I play more of my Delta Blues roots. So it's less hip-hop and uh, more of kind of that street-side blues thing. Oh, that's I'm good. doing this. I'm excited to hear it. I wanted to ask about one song from the last record. Uh, I never get tired of listening to Won't You Come Home. Oh, cool. What inspired that one? Well, that's interesting because um, we, we often have this problem where we, we record a, a number of whatever new tunes and old tunes we haven't recorded when we're in the record-making process, and then you know we go to the label and they say, well, you know, we need a single. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I hear that. So anyhow, we were just in one of those things. We had we had done a couple sessions for Superhero Brother, and uh, the label said, well, do you have some other stuff to cut as well? Because, you know, we hear some, a lot of stuff we like, but we maybe want to have a couple different tunes, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, at that point, you're kind of looking around and for some tunes. And my drummer, I remember this, too, because we were uh, deadheading from, I don't know, like Phoenix to... Dallas or something like that, and we were in Amarillo, Amarillo, Texas, back at this Super 8 motel, sitting by the bus in the blazing desert sun, and, and Jeff showed me this Congos, no, no, it's by an old um, Rocksteady band, a Jamaican band from the 60s, and it was a, a recording, and he showed me the chords, and then I kind of took the chorus and just kind of did a remix on it. You know, we cut it, and it was just, it's just simple, you know? It's just simple, but it's nice. It's easy, easy on the ears. And I have two final questions. What is your all-time favorite meal? Ooh, I think my girlfriend's uh, gumbo is pretty, uh, pretty. That's what. That's what I wish I could have right now. <laughs> You're the second person that said that to me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they never have my girlfriend's gumbo. <laughs> well, I have one final question. This broadcast is going out all over the world. What would you like to say to all the listeners who have been following you and to those that are hearing you for the first time? Well, I'd like to say that, you know, what I always say to my old friends and my new friends, uh, which is thank you. You know, thank you for uh, listening and uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to play my music for you because, uh, you know, it's just been an amazing life. You know, I, I feel really blessed to be able to wake up every day and, keep these calluses hard on my fingers and uh, get on the bus or plane wherever I got to go to make that next gig. And and that's what it's all about for me is uh, coming out there and being able, to, being able to play for those people. So I just want to say thank you. It's a pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, G-Love. Goodbye.